Hey everybody, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I feel very, very fortunate to have Monica Morris on the program today. She's a, an aspiring entrepreneur and massage therapist in Decatur, Georgia. Monica, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and any background that you feel like you want to share? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm Monica Morris and I am an entrepreneur like an entrepreneur in the making. Um, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio, and had a massage career there and decided to come to Atlanta to really explore myself and expand my dreams as a business owner. So I moved about two and a half years ago. And um, also you might know Q, he's from Columbus. He moved to California. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, uh, Michael Quinichet. Yes, yes. So um, we're pretty good friends. Cool. So yeah, I'm in Atlanta, Georgia now. I really, really enjoy it here. And now I'm ready to get my feet wet back into the business of being a small business owner. Yeah. Uh, it's a weird time for small business. <laughs> it really is. Right. Yeah. It really, really is. And it's the interesting, weird time to start something anew. But um, I feel like during these kind of times is where great innovation happens. So yeah. I'm ready for it. Oh man. Yeah. It, it's a rough time. I I'm doing better. I think than most because a lot of my business was already online before this started, mm -hmm. but it's a really challenging problem for massage therapists who just have a hands-on practice. Cause it feels like a bomb just dropped. Yeah. And everything yeah. just stopped like overnight um, without very much warning at all. So, um, so let me ask you, because you talked about uh, potential questions where I think you were interested in doing something like coaching or consulting online, um, mm -hmm. like one-on-one -on -one sessions. Let's talk a little bit about that. And then have you explored it at all? Yeah, um, I am interesting now that I'm kind of, I'm forced to pivot in a lot of ways, like a lot of massage therapists are, of exploring new ways to connect with our audience online. And one of the big things is that I really want to move into doing private sessions where they're one-on-one -on -one and also consulting. Yeah. And I've worked with, uh, I took one of Sean's uh, big courses. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was the first thing I was going to mention. Sean jumped on that as soon as this hit oh in a God. very like specific way. Um, I right. feel like I deal with it more generally just as social media use, but he was very directly like, here's how you work with your clients at a distance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was very helpful for me because I, I always had the idea in the back of my mind and I just never really stepped out and did it. But now that um, we're under quarantine, I'm going to have to step into it more. Yeah. So I'm interested in learning how to engage with my um, clients online more specifically on Instagram and on Facebook but more so on Instagram and just exploring what the options are for me yeah I mean I think if you because I have some experience teaching online which is not that dissimilar than what you're trying to do um, right. one of the most interesting conversations I've seen is massage therapists going well this isn't within our scope and practice yeah you can't teach online and I'm like whoa 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 when you go online and teach somebody something, you are not having an increased degree of liability and you're not really acting as a massage therapist. You might be using that as credentials in the way that Dr. Oz uses his medical license as credentials. Mm -hmm. but the thing is, you're just a coach. There is no license. And it's like, 
state boards can't shut down prostitution. Do you think they can shut down one person talking to another person on the internet? Like, come on. Exactly. Like, exactly. they're blowing it out of proportion. If I, I got a wall right here and I take a tennis ball and go, Frank, this is lead into your tricep and oh, work on your arm. It's mm-hmm. like, I put that stuff out on YouTube for years. You're just doing it in an interactive way or as interactive as you can. Mm-hmm. I would encourage it. Um, and in addition, the challenge I think would be one, you pool the clients you already have to try to draw them for paid sessions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, can you just live stream to like Instagram and live streaming on Instagram is going to gain you views, right? Because mm-hmm. live stream is trying to, I mean, not live stream, but Instagram is trying to keep people on that platform. They're going to show it to more people. Do you notice right. when you get on Instagram on the app on the phone that the Instagram live shows up first? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the first thing that comes up. Ah, and see, that's the thing. That's what you're trying to gain and try to see, can you get more people to follow you? Now, what starts to happen is if you can do it successfully, you're not tied to Decatur, Georgia anymore. I know Hmm. this will be hard to understand. You can work with a client in Minnesota. You can work with a client in California. You can work with a client in Lithuania. You're online. Makes sense? Right. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Like my subscription service, like I have these conversations constantly because people think it's only you, only United States massage therapist subscribing. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, like some lady, you know, was from Bogota, Colombia. Right. So it's like, as long right. as she understands my Texan enough to get to understand <laughs> my right. English, we're good. Right. What right. it's doing is we'll open up your practice a bit but what happens is you build this big online following and it will long term, it will funnel towards clients and other potential business things mm. you can get into, depending on what you're most interested in. Right, right. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that because like being a hands on massage therapist, I just think about my area and that's it and maybe getting some outside clients here and there. But to transition to being online there's so much more opportunity and so much availability. Mm-hmm. And it's, for me at least, it's exciting to be like, oh my gosh, I can talk to someone in South Carolina, in yep. California, in South America, wherever. Well, and then also a little bit of a trepidation to how did you? Office. How did you find me? Online. I, I live in Austin. I guarantee yeah. you without the internet and without the stuff I do online, we never would have connected to this point. And it was because I made video eight years ago and stuck mm-hmm. it on YouTube. They were horrible, by the way. <laughs> Not even as good as what we're doing right now. Right. But being able to facilitate those connections, like opens things up in a way that's very challenging to explain to massage therapists who are only used to doing hands-on work. Right. Even if all you did was educate. In other words, mm-hmm. you're not even delivering sessions. You're just educating. If you, if you made an entire YouTube video series, you took out your phone and did five videos a day. Here's your tricep. Here's its origin. Here's it in the insertion. Here's another video on its cardiovascular supply. Here's another video on its nerves. Here's another video on how you access it. Tricep, 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 tricep. You're making search engine optimization work for you on YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google. When people go in Kentucky and look up tricep, they can find your video Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or suggested video. That is very difficult to get massage therapists to do because what I see is they don't really want to be seen. 
Right. Yeah. 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 They're, they want to be behind the scenes. They're, they're afraid of people's judgment. Right. Yeah. Well, that's really, yeah, that's so um, cool to do. And I also have a background in yoga. So I've been really branching out and trying to do more of all my classes too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the part where I, I man, I, I get so caught between massage and yoga sometimes. Like I have a hard yeah, time conveying what I do. I just started yeah. adding a little more yoga stuff to the vault and like, let's put it this way. I can do the same thing I always do as a body worker, but if I include a foam roll on a mat, the, the massage therapist start to go, I don't understand. This looks like yoga. And I'm like, what is yoga? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it starts exactly. to break down because it's, it's almost like a Yengar style, like manual assists in manual therapy and yoga. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you could call it yoga therapy, I guess. But um, right. it's almost like their preconceived notions about it. What worked best for me was to just understand that not everybody was going to like me and just go just mm, to show so what you do and if you can help people they're like robert they'll even follow you <laughs> right you know because there will there will be people who don't like it for a variety of reasons but what was really great about video is people get a chance to see and hear you and your fans get a chance to connect with you specifically mm-hmm like they get a chance to actually decide, no, I really, really like Monica. Like, you know, they might go see a massage therapist who's local in Kentucky, but in their head, they're like, man, I wish I was in Decatur. I want to go see her for a session. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Building a following is like a, I have this debate even with people I've worked with because I'm always trying to build a bigger following and they're like, no, how do we make money? And I'm like, wrong question. Hmm. You'll make money when you build a following, when you build fans. Right. But if, you, if I just look at Monica and go, oh, how do I get Monica to give me money? How do I get Monica to give me money? When you start focusing on the dollar, it, it starts to change the focus somehow. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. What and it I makes a is, weird interaction too. What I do is person. go, how can I give Monica value? How can I help Monica? How can I assist Monica? And then you know what happens? Yay, money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 It opens that way of money for come to come in. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So have you uh, used Sean's advice and like done any of these so far? I actually have. Um, I made a reach to um, one group I'm a part of and one person responded to do a few online sessions with me for free. And that has helped out a lot. And then like another friend, uh, reached out and then we have been building um, trust with one another and doing the online sessions and I feel very comfortable doing it. It's not a matter of being scared. I think initially I was, but yeah. once I got into it, it was like, I felt like it was so natural to do. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of therapists would probably have a little bit of a harder time um, getting into it. Everybody's natural aptitude is different. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a talker, so like podcasts and videos been a pretty easy transition. And right. that being my strength, that's what I doubled and tripled down on. That's how we wound up with subscription because it was just so easy for me to record almost everything I was doing and just upload it to help students that that worked really well right. for me. Right. What I don't think therapists fully understand is beyond 
because it's a little bit of a weird situation in the middle of pandemic to try to right, right. shift your business all of a sudden and get people online. Right. I think it really does work though, and I'm hoping everything will return to normal quickly, is that it's a really great way to build a following doing this stuff online and then mm -hmm. funnel it to in-person clients, sessions, classes, however you're doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, like even when prior to the pandemic happening, I was working at like a mainstream spa and to have people in, to have a massage therapist engage with their clients online or in, just to build a following in a different way was just really, they were just off put by that. Even though they would follow other people online in different arenas of business, but for them, it was like, oh, I can't do that. So for me, who I really enjoy doing online work and camera work and want to go into podcasts eventually, yeah. I feel that it has, it being the pandemic, even though it sucks, that it's given me the opportunity to explore that a little bit more and really lay down the groundwork for it. Oh, everything shifts and changes. Just adapt. Um, I'm I'm 42. I don't want to be rude and ask your age. I'm going to assume you're younger, or more, more spry than I am. Um, I think one of the biggest mistakes is educators and people who are older in our industry discounting technology and millennials oh, yeah. with a cell phone. Oh yeah, for sure. Everything is changing. I'm trying to keep up. Like I'm I'm this weird middle ground because I'm like I'm not as old as the school owners typically but I collect, connect a little bit more with these millennials. Yeah, for sure. I go into the school and they say, you got to put your phone away. There's like a, a board up that says, hey, phones mm -hmm. are forbidden. And I'm like, oh my God. I have mm -hmm. to translate between these two communities and go, guys, these are coming. And I know you don't see it, but this is not mm -hmm. slowing down. Like right. I had a conversation last night and I was encouraging the therapist to be on TikTok. I guarantee you I'm the only educator who's in the massage industry going, you're not on TikTok? What are you doing? What are you huh. doing? You got to be on TikTok. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm one of those older millennials, so I'm right behind you almost in age. Yeah. And um, being 35 is just an interesting peak for me of like understanding how beautiful and amazing technology is and then dealing with people of other generations where they're just apprehensive or black education around technology. Yeah. So it's a very interesting space to be in for me as well. Well, what I would encourage anybody who's listening to do is whatever it is you think you might be interested in, go to Google and mm -hmm. type in, how do I X, Y, Z. I guarantee you, you can find a YouTube video or an FAQ or an article that's going to walk you through it. Mm -hmm. You really spend the time, if you're like me, you drink coffee, you put on your reading glasses because you can't see up close. <laughs> you, just, you just read the YouTube videos are nice because it's just like you know you and I having a conversation somebody's going to screen share and show me oh here's how you set up a podcast or here's how you do this there might be 10 steps to it but if you had taken me from 1995 when I first used the internet in college to right now I would have completely freaked out like mm -hmm. you mean you oh my god you can just talk to people over the computer and record it this is right. insane right but right. that progression just slowly evolves like 
doing what we're doing right now, it's like if people, if I had another camera and you saw what I was doing, you're like, you just got your laptop on top of like a Safu, this meditation cushion, and you got, you got a, what? You got a webcam plugged into your laptop, and this laptop is horrible, by the way. <laughs> this is not this is not high tech equipment. So right. I was actually going to ask you about that. Um, in terms of equipment, mm -hmm. what would you recommend? High tech, working what you got. So here's 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 what I'll tell you. Um, when when this is over, I could provide you a link. Um, I've played with this enough to understand that the first order of business is the phone. This is the most important piece of equipment that you own. Period. End mm -hmm. of story. And this is a tax write-off. It's part of your business now. Right. It's like, why do you have a phone? Uh, I use this to produce. I mean, yeah, I communicate with people and consume TikTok content, but I produce. Right. It used to be where the phones and the camera weren't as good as what you could buy in like a pro camera. I think when mm -hmm. it comes to video production, that's no longer the case. Right. I think that the camera on that phone is likely better than the webcam I'm using right now. Um, I could actually switch it out if I wanted and just do this over my phone if I chose. Right. What you will need is I think that people, it's interesting, I haven't played with this enough. People look at your video, but like people right now, this is going to be in a podcast form, which is audio. And then right. it's going to be in a video form on YouTube. Now, mm -hmm. if they put that on, in, their, on their, in their house. They're at home right now. They're cloistered. They're middle of pandemic. Probably later today, this podcast will come out. When, when they see this on YouTube, do they really watch everything or do they listen to it? Mm, um, I would say listen more so than watch. And the thing is, the reason I point that out is the audio is more important than the video. If this was all blurry and splotchy and kept cutting in and out, that'll annoy them. But the audio source, you got to get a lavalier mic. A lavalier mic is something that I can plug into my phone or my camera or my laptop. And mm -hmm. it just submits a, a wireless signal from a microphone I would clip on to a little mm -hmm. device that just sends out a, a wireless message. Mm -hmm. I put that audio on. So let's say you were teaching a yoga class. If I was right. teaching a yoga class, it means that the audio is always on me. So if I'm walking around to one student or another student or over here, it's just like the videos in the vault. I'm, I'm wearing that lavalier mic. The right. mic, that probably is the most important piece of equipment other than a tripod. And the tripod is just to hold the phone or the camera. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. those, those two things I think are necessary, um, especially if you're going to do a lot of video production. I can get away if my phone is up close without a lavalier mic. If I was just filming myself the way I'm looking at this webcam, that would work totally fine. But I right. think long term, if I was going to choose to get a good tripod and you get a good lavalier mic, I can give you a link to the two that I buy. That you okay. Yeah, I would love that. Because yeah. I was wondering about, um, especially when I'm now teaching online with yoga, that I'm having to project my voice because I don't have a lavalier, lavalier mic. Yep. I was like, I feel like it would be easier to have that kind of microphone. Yep. That's exactly, that's exactly the case. Even if you go to a huge, if you've ever gone to like a yoga conference, they mm -hmm. might come up and then play it over the sound, the system. Right. So that they can, everybody can hear it without the teacher having to yell. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So the audio will make a huge difference. Um, after that, you can play with the camera if you want. It's not as big a deal as people make it out to be. Most phones 
will record in 4K. 4K is so big as a file size that it is, mm -hmm. oh man, you gotta buy a new desktop to process and edit video from 4K, it's so big. Right. Um, 1080p or 720p is just like different file sizes, um, will work just fine. I mean, what we're doing right now is probably considered 1080p, I think. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, but yeah, even without a lavalier mic, man, take out your phone. People are very much diminishing the power of Instagram, YouTube Live, press a button on your phone, Facebook Live, connect with people, show them what you're doing. Um, you know, I take pictures of like food that I make and eat because it's mm. interesting content that draws into my personal brand. Mm. Um, I, I take pictures of like alcohol I drink or like band related stuff that I'm music that I'm interested in. Anything to draw like personal brand. The, the thing that's so great about this is you know, 50 years ago, you had to have a camera crew and the power and money of Hollywood. Exactly. It just yeah. sits in your pocket. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is amazingly, I cannot express this phone on, on this, the camera on this phone is better than what I started my YouTube channel with, which was a flip cam. Oh, wow. Yeah. And what kind of phone do you have? Um, I have an Android S9 Plus right now. Gotcha. Okay. So some people are particular towards iPhones, but as long as you have a relatively decent smartphone, you can get started. Cool. Cool. Yeah, because I know there's a big debate between for filming and production of like, is um, Android's better or um, Apple's better? But it just seems like if you have a really good phone, okay. then it'll and work. What does it look like in a year? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah it, yeah, it just, what I think is people are, it's almost like they wait until the stuff is perfect. And I'm like, no, like I'm, uh, I mentioned uh, to Hugh, when you said you were in Decatur, I assumed it was where around near where Outcast was from. It's like Outcast was in the dungeon. Their equipment was not all that good in somebody's goddamn basement. Oh no. You know, they started with what they got, they made beats, they laid it out, they rhymed, they rapped, and they threw it together to make mixtapes and get started. That entrepreneurial push um, is definitely how I approach it. Um, my, my affinity for hip hop actually grew as I started focusing more on entrepreneurship because of stories like that. Because mm -hmm. I understood the urban hustle, coming from nothing and trying to build. And then right. realizing what, what this actually gave you to like connect to an audience, to be able to, to bring them into your story. Right. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, I really enjoy Outkast too. They're one of my favorite yeah. uh, hip hop acts and just acts of all time. Yeah, they were, they were one of the ones, um, for me, they came at an interesting time, but I think I resonated with their musicality more so than a mm -hmm. lot of other hip hop and rap because it was so Southern. Uh, growing right. up in Louisiana, I just was immersed in like roots music, blues, jazz, funk, yeah. and whatever. And they came in and it was like, whoa, man, this is Cadillacs and like, this is South, baby. Like this has a, <laughs> it's got, <laughs> right. it's got a different float. It was not West Coast. It was not New oh, York. No, no, yeah. Yeah. no so, not at all. So what other questions do you have about like, you were talking about online classes, um, mm -hmm. you know, working one-on-ones, kind of privates with um, uh, students or clients or have you referenced that. Do you have other questions about that specifically? Um, 
you might be leading into this, but I'm going to ask anyway. I know that you mentioned about, you know, like sharing uh, more like professional stuff and also doing some personal branding. And I know with my IG page is very um, professional and I was wondering um, the importance of having that personal touch and that personal. So the personal and professional uh, Dijon Culpepper lives out in Washington state. And I did a podcast with him a while back and he got, we got towards the end of the podcast, I think. And he was like, man, we need to do a talk just about the, the, the line between personal and professional, like in the massage industry and marketing. Mm-hmm. And this is an ongoing debate. And I ruffle a lot of feathers because it used to be Hollywood. And now it's somebody running around with a smartphone. Mm-hmm. Like I see stuff on TikTok regularly that I'm like, ooh man, that's risque. Yeah. That isn't how I deal with my <laughs> Robert is not wearing a thong, twerking. <laughs> no. But the thing is, it's a weird thing because a video like that, if it's funny, can get a lot of views. You know, For sure. like, I mean, I don't even know what TikTok's rules are about this sort of thing. But right. The line between personal and professional, I think, is kind of where you were going, maybe, about, like, what's professional in your branding, what's personal in your branding. Right, yeah. That's where I'm... What I think I do is, and I very purposefully do this, when I shoot footage that I know will be on our subscription service or um, on social media, uh, like, right now, I'm wearing a Time Massage Jam shirt. Mm -hmm. Part of it is just promoting the brand so people can see this. Um, it is not uncommon for me to wear like a Pink Floyd t-shirt. Um, I have one of Johnny Cash, that famous photo uh, where he's giving the, the camera guy the finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've worn that in class and people are like, that's, kind of, that's not very professional, you know. And I'm like, uh, I think it builds personal brand around the things I'm into and the music that I like. Right. Right. like Johnny Cash represents, it's like, is it gospel? Is it country? It's mm-hmm. Southern, mm-hmm. punk, and it's like ugh, Johnny Cash. It's like it's a, a whole a whole realm of this. You're drawing from those potential fans. There's a certain, I, I'm, I'm, it's like, I think a lot of people are like, man, Robert doesn't care about his image. And I'm like, eh, I just think my image is different. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's absolutely. like in the age of this, the problem is, And I think this is kind of what you were asking. It was the line between the personal and professional. It's like, how personal do I make it? And here's what you do. How comfortable are you being intimate with the audience? Gotcha. Because I had someone else tell me, oh, they were an educator. And they said, oh, you know, I've gained weight. and I'm getting kind of fat. Oh, you know, like these other educators are more attractive than I am. And I was like, just document your weight loss journey. What? And I go, get on camera and go, I'm fat. I'm lazy. Mm. I hate working out. Like if I go back to Bikram yoga tomorrow, I'm going to be in my car going, I hate this shit. (laughs) 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 I'm going to feel better afterwards, but I hate it. And then I'm going to come out afterwards and make one and I'm all covered in sweat. Mm -hmm. But I feel so much better or whatever. Mm -hmm. People are connected to your story. So mm. I like tequila or scotch. I right. like Pink Floyd and certain music. Right. Uh, food. I feature some of that in my social media to try to draw people who are interested in some of the same things. 
Got you it. who are never not going to be black, not going to be well-spoken, not going to mm -hmm. be beautiful. You mm -hmm. have to allow people to actually connect with that through your social media and the things that you are interested in. If you are a cat person and you're like, I love cats, I love fostering cats. I'm like, dude, what are you? Please, good God, I need more cats. We're in a pandemic, I'm lonely. <laughs> I, need more, I need more cats on my social media. It really is just like, what are you into? Mm -hmm. I think the technology is changing that line between personal and professional. Fundamentally, sure. I think the, the biggest thing is for you to completely just accept yourself and go find people like you. Michael mm -hmm. Quinichette is a, a classic example because Michael right. not only took a little piece of something I did, but he transformed it and all of a sudden it's like, was it queer in Sacramento? He's got his own podcast yeah. now. Yeah. I did not tell a coach Michael Quinichette to just go do it. Right. He did it himself. And I went, wow, mm -hmm. check it out. Like he actually made his own little area. Like he's entrepreneuring in his own mm -hmm. way because he's mm -hmm. like, listen, my clients are plus size and then they're gay, the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. And I go, awesome, great. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. the internet and this allows him a portal to find those people. Got you, yeah. Like I, I do this constantly because I people don't understand. Like, I don't know, I think they think it's just, it's just business. It's right. just, how do right. I make money for Monica? And I'm like, no, 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 no. What would Martin Luther King Jr. have done with this? What would Frederick Douglass have done with this? Abraham Lincoln, Ben Franklin, Malcolm X. What would these mm -hmm. people have done? Listen, Twitter is global. Like That's Malcolm true. X could put out a message with a hashtag. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. This, this, this was not available to Malcolm. So for me, it's, it's that fundamental as a shift. A lot of the stuff I do is uh, close on map based. It's mm -hmm. diametrically opposed to what people think massage is. But what I understood fundamentally was I was like, Robert, no matter how white you are, no matter how arrogant, abrasive, male, whatever, you can film and photo document everything. Mm, that's smart. And if you film and photo document everything, mm -hmm. can you build to the point where you've got this massive following? Mm. Yeah. Um, did you say? Uh, did you see the film on uh, Netflix called L.A. Originals? No, I saw the preview for it. Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. You should check it out. Uh, these two guys who I had never heard of, um, and they're like cartoon. You got a tattoo by cartoon. It was like a huge deal. I didn't even know who they were. And it's like this mix of like hip hop, graffiti, tattooing, mm -hmm. like them dealing with photography and taking photos at a time before Instagram and digital. And they right. documented Cypress Hill and Blink-182 and all these bands out of L.A. Like this entire cultural thing. But it's like it's two awesome Latin guys in mm -hmm. L.A. kicking out art, you know, at a time like pre-Instagram. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Them, them documenting their, their thing. It's like graffiti started and it's like this is defacing public property and i'm like no man it's a fucking van gogh who didn't have a canvas it's art yeah like and the thing is i understand it pushes on people's cultural paradigm but it's also this thing where is so i'm doing a podcast for my studio right now it's a garage but it's a studio you know mm -hmm. is it high brow or is it low brow mm. is it high class or is it low class mm -hmm. 
And other people make judgments about it, but it's like, I was a philosophy student. I can use bigger words and jargon to try to impress people. But I know what will happen is I will draw the people who are most interested in what I do specifically by being authentic. How comfortable are you being authentic on your social media? Mm. And that's, that's a question because this, this is not Hollywood anymore. Like right. this is a, an extremely potent tool when therapists harness it. I've been talking about it for years, but I just exist in a slightly different um, subset. And having, again, clothes on, mat based, I could film and photo document everything. When I would go into a massage school, they would freak out. Because I came in with a recording equipment, a videographer. They're like, dude, we don't allow filming. And I'm like, I bet you. Like, it's my class. And they're like, but we have rules. And I'm like, fuck your rules. My people wear clothes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Nobody's naked in my class. I haven't had anybody take off clothes in 10 years. Mm. Why? You know, but that's the thing. It's like I'm running a different paradigm in the same industry. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I think that's where my mindset started with. The beginning of massage is very uh, business-driven or just very, very strictly business. And especially in Ohio where it's like more rigid with the rules up there as opposed yeah. to in Georgia. But it's been like really, is it okay if I curse on your podcast? It is mandatory. <laughs> okay, awesome. All right, so it's been like, <laughs> it's just been like a mind fuck of like, oh, I can have this as an um, aspect or I can do this and that. So it's playing, for me at least, catch up with everything. I mean, you got to figure out who you want to hang out with and what kind of clients do you actually want. It'll always go back to this. I don't care how many dollars we're dealing with. You did not become a massage therapist to make money. No. Why did you become a massage therapist? I became a massage therapist to help people, to help them rest. And this mm. allows you to reach a global marketplace and do the same. I've had yoga students in my class and they're like, Robert, but don't, don't you want to help people? And I go, what? And they're like, Robert, you're always talking about like subscribers and likes and like business stuff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. Tony, I'm teaching a global marketplace. There are people in Lithuania and Bogota, Colombia studying with me from Austin, Texas. They're mm -hmm. learning the same stuff I'm teaching you in an in-person class. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, because they don't understand. It's like, no, 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 no. This is your heart on steroids and amphetamines and it scales globally. Mm. Don't, don't just do the session. Film it, record it, and put it on your social media. Don't just do the podcast. Film it, record it, put it on your social media. Mm -hmm. Just go hang out with, you know, somebody in Outcast. Go go hang out with Big Boy. Film it, document it, put it on social media. It's like you find tomorrow, like, you know, Snoop Dogg. Snoop came, got a session. You think I wouldn't be like, Snoop, please. I got to at least make a Twitter photo. Something. Right. Exactly. And he knows that. He knows how the game is played. Mm -hmm. It's about connections. This, I think people just look at it like it's technology, it's cold, it's dead. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Technology allowed me to connect with Monica in Decatur. And I don't remember the last time I was in Lakewood. That was 99, probably. Mm -hmm. This, this is your heart on steroids and amphetamines. You can be as authentic as you want to be. 
it depends on what your interests are, but I'm a huge fan of using that technology because it allowed someone like me with very little resources to excel, to stand out in a marketplace. Just in Atlanta, for instance, it's a big hub city, large city, a lot of, you know, traffic uh, as far as like flights go into Atlanta. How many massage therapists in Atlanta on a regular basis make video? Name one. I would say like a handful, not many. Name one. Oh, um, massage ATL is one, but they it's just but they don't film their sessions though. It's just this is what I do. Are they actively on social media, constantly putting out content? Uh, yeah. On a semi-regular basis. And here's the thing: one therapist who I had never heard of in an entire like how big is Atlanta? How many million people in Atlanta? (laughs) Just in the suburbs of Lone, um, it's high. It's in the millions. It's in the millions, plus with every, all the celebrities are here. A lot of the sports teams are here too. Yep. And that, that's what I mean. It's like, that's the audience. I talked to uh, Jen. Uh, Jen is in um, Chicago. Perry's, I think is the last name. Uh, mm-hmm. Jen, it was like, I don't know what the population of Chicago is. And I'm like, does anybody make video regularly? And she's like, no, I can't think of anybody. And I'm like, exactly. Mm. That's what that's what I'm dealing with. Like the most famous massage therapist in the United States is Phoebe from France, because massage therapists have not mastered picking this up and educating the audience about what we do, and mm-hmm. being able to educate the audience about what you do, and the fact that you're also a yoga teacher completely changes your like nuance and focus. Mm-hmm. These people want to connect and work with you. We know that as a massage therapist, people have to connect with us. They have to trust us to be able to come in for a session. I use all of this audio video to build that trust initially. Hmm. People come and see me and they assume I can you know, raise the dead. <laughs> yeah. And it's just because they've seen enough video and audio. They're like, well, he's got to know what he's doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Being able to harness that is exponential. Listen, after those YouTube videos are up, YouTube markets you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. It doesn't stop suggesting the videos. It doesn't go away. It increases your backlinks. It increases your exposure. It guarantees somebody can find you. When you do it with more class, more style, more flair than everybody else, it just grows. Like it's not, again, it's not going away. The device is becoming smaller, compact, more powerful, and more potent. Right, right. Yeah. That's really, that's cool. It just, it's just how fascinating technology has just expanded and where I know for me as a massage therapist here in Georgia, that I feel and know now just talking with you that the opportunities are endless for me, especially with having the mindset of and having the background in yoga and then also bringing massage together too. Well, let's talk about that for a second. Like how active is the yoga community on social media compared to massage? Who? Um, there's more, more people doing Why? poses. Why is that? Poses. Why? Yeah. They're willing to do it. They're willing to put themselves out there. They're clothed. Oh, okay. That's no, that's why the, 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 we're in a weird industry where we think, okay, well, we connect with people in person. This social, this phone thing is not not what I do. Right. But we also work on people. Typically, most massage therapists who don't have clothes on, so it mm-hmm. creates a little like people want to take a camera out. Yoga community is closed. 
systemic. You, yeah, you get as visual. You look at people in a pose. Right. That's why. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense now. Yeah. And I know people are more, especially here, are more apt to go to a yoga class versus scheduling a massage session, mainly due to that. Is that it cost? Cool. Um, it range yoga classes here range from fifteen dollars on like the lower end to twenty two twenty five dollars per class for a dropping class. I don't even know what massage or yoga are anymore. <laughs> That line broke down for me a long time ago. Mm -hmm. But use it. There's a, a million, like I, you know, people ask me, they're kind of like, what's the goal? And I, I think it's interesting because a lot of people think my goal is just to teach in the United States. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I want to go teach in Istanbul. I want to go to Medellin, Colombia. I want to go to Tokyo, Japan. Mm -hmm. I want to be able to go teach in, you know, in Crete. Mm. Like globally. Mm -hmm. what's going on in frankfurt what's going on in belgium let's go to brussels mm -hmm. that's the thing but that's huge massive following you have to build a larger massive following to be able to do that like it's right. really it, it, i'm telling you it, it's just putting your heart on steroids it's it's one thing to get clients it's another thing to expand like your overall reach to like another level right yeah right you'll, you'll figure out how to monetize it later even if you don't have a way to monetize it immediately um there's a there's an advantage to building this huge massive following it opens doors mm. yeah. wow so what other questions do you have about specifically um is it a oh speaking of like that personal branding and drawing that line um how about in terms of like cross promotion because i have a private page in my like my business page okay the person um, is kind of related to that yeah so I, I made a decision at some point when i first got on facebook this has been ooh, 10 years ago maybe a little bit longer i'm not sure um i didn't know what it was mm. facebook what's that and then i got on it my friends were on it and you could see their posts and you were like oh Oh, this is kind of cool. I can keep in touch with my friends. And then the platform kept evolving. Right. And I think what it is, is once I got to a certain point, I understood, oh, wait a second. Everybody else is using this to consume media. But I have to use it to produce media. Because mm -hmm. yeah. this is a production tool, not a consumption tool, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I post, I still post on my personal business page. I mean, I'm sorry, my personal profile on Facebook so that people know it's me and they engage with me. But most of my posting is all business. I mean, they know that we have a personal brand. Right. But they're interacting with me as like sort of like an online celebrity. And I continue to produce so much that it completely dwarfs anything I have in person. Only occasionally do I grab a post from my business page and share it through my personal page. Gotcha. The social media is, I am HBO, I am Showtime, I am Cinemax, I am Pay-Per-View, I am the newspaper, I am the billboard, and it's all in my pocket. Mm -hmm. 
So I use it to produce. Um, I think there's an advantage of getting people to connect with you on wherever you are and however you are. Um, mm -hmm. So for instance, some people, if they were a yoga teacher, they might have a separate business page just for their yoga classes or whatever. Right. And I think that's fine, but it's, then you're going to have to manage another account. Exactly, exactly. Okay. Yeah, thanks for that uh, insight. I think the, the, well, let's put it this way. There's a, a good feedback loop. When you start doing some of this and you start getting clients and making money, what do you think happens? You make some videos and you make money. You, get, mm -hmm. you go, uh, let me make some more videos. Right, yeah. That, I you feel know, like for me, that would be the natural inclination. And then all of a sudden you're like, because I had students and colleagues who did this. They were like, man, I don't understand. Why do you keep making all those videos? You're not making money off of those videos. And I go, oh my God. They don't understand that like every YouTube video I make is SEO, which is boosting me in the rankings. When Google sends out spiders, makes a map of the internet. It mm -hmm. says I'm more important and it shows my website, my information, my subscription service, my classes, my stuff to my potential clients. Right. That's why I made video. Hmm. Yeah. It's like when uh, if Outcast made a video, they had to pay to make the video, and the video winds up on YouTube, or the video winds up on MTV, or the video winds up wherever. And then people are like, I like that. And they go download a song, download an album, come mm -hmm. to the show, buy some merchandise. Right. But they had to get there. They had to build that first. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. That's, that's exactly, exactly how it works. I do think you have every benefit by being as personal as you can and feel comfortable being be as authentic as you want to be the reason i don't like you asked me is it okay if we curse you know i'm not everybody's educated <laughs> i knew sure. like if you, if you were offended because somebody cursed or whatever it just it wasn't going to work out so right. I had a, a local school here in town this was hilarious this is what i do with the local school contacted me. Uh, the uh, teacher said, listen, Robert, we want you to come in and talk about social media marketing specifically. And I go, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do it. And then she said, but Robert, I got to admit, I got a problem with you. I'm like, you don't like the way I dress, do you? And she's like, no, Robert, it's not very professional. I said, you don't like the shirt I wear that says ideas are shit. And she's like, no, Robert, it's not very professional. <laughs> I said, you know that I wear that shirt on purpose, right? Like that might as well be a stage prop. And she's like, what? And I said, that is Gary V. Gary V is an online entrepreneur that I yeah. follow. Mm -hmm. I want Gary V fans to see the massage therapist who's using Gary V's information and integrating that social media strategy into what he does. And then all of a sudden she had a completely different view of like, wow, I thought this guy just wasn't professional or just didn't care right right it's like no i wore the outcast shirt because i wanted outcast fans to find me right yeah um yeah it's that sort of thing so when i went into that school to give that talk uh they had a complete fit and basically would not allow me to record anything oh shit so what ended up happening like i gave the talk without recording it Mm. and basically said this device is the most potent information distribution tool that has ever existed 
the printing press led to the Protestant Reformation and what this will do to society will dwarf the Protestant Reformation. And it is so powerful that your school forbid me from recording my own because the school is afraid of losing control to people like me who work out of their garage. Mm-hmm. Makes sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the thing is, I'm, I'm always going to go back to it. I'm a, a big fan of social media. It completely revolutionized my business in ways that are just so vastly different than what I thought I would be doing. If you had taken me 10 years ago and like said, hey, this is where you'll be, I would have been like, there's no way. I, you're what? Like I had no, no inkling of what was going on, but as you added layers and steps, it just changed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So business pages, personal pages, it's all business. But the business is connection. Right. And that's what I think people are missing. I think they're, they're fundamentally missing that and the power that it has. Um, when I had a conversation last night, uh, another subscriber, she was like, you know, you always say in the private Facebook group that we can contact you, but I, I didn't really think that was the case. I didn't really think, you know, we could just write you and you would actually have a conversation with us. And that's where it's always interesting to me because I can say it in the private Facebook group, but it's completely different when I have a conversation with you and I get eye contact because so like, for instance, when we talk about connection, we're just on a podcast right now talking with each other. You are more likely because you're, you subscribed probably for free for your first month or whatever you pay seven Mm -hmm. bucks a month through the subscription. Mm -hmm. You're, you're exponentially more likely to take an in-person class yeah you're exponentially more likely to buy a workbook a dvd set to to go through my funnel because i had a conversation with you and that's what social media is it's about connection even mark zuckerberg you ever seen the the social network no i have not yet so uh i I watch a lot of um so we talk about hip-hop and entrepreneurship i watch a lot Mm -hmm. of tech related stuff like films about steve jobs and the social network is loosely based on Mark Zuckerberg, and they make Mark Zuckerberg look like a jerk. This is a complete jerk in the film. But my suspicion is that Mark Zuckerberg was playing with technology at a time when people didn't understand it. He went, how can I connect everybody on Earth? Right. Now, he was going to get made money doing it, but he was also going to change the world and transform how people communicate connection they they think he's he's a money grubbing you know this or that and it's like hold on hold on y'all said the same thing about bill gates and warren buffett now they pledge 95 percent of any income they've ever made to improving humanity and wiping out global pandemics right right it's like you know we can have those discussions but in the end it just allows more communication it allows you to find your target market audience so for your social media profiles, did you have more questions about that personal professional thing? No, you cleared it up. If you, if you, if you do it well, um, mm-hmm. you're going to have the old guard mother hens, as Scott Lindquist calls them. You're going to have them complain. Just let them complain. They're going to die out soon. They're not going to be there much longer. The, the millennials are coming. The, these people are not going away, and this technology is getting more effective. Mm-hmm. So what other questions? What other stuff are you like, challenged with and dealing with in your practice? 
I would say um, shifting out of, it's interesting having those uh, hats of massage and yoga, but just being more comfortable in front of the camera, really. Um, Not that, let me take that back because I am comfortable in front of the camera. It's just, I don't know, I guess how other people's perceptions of being, me being a massage therapist on camera and their um, their own stuff about not well, being on. One, people don't know what massage therapists are. They don't know what massage therapists do. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea what our day-to-day work life is. Right. You get a chance to show them. They don't. Phoebe from Friends, or maybe the scene from Seinfeld, where Jerry was trying to get his girlfriend to rub his shoulders or whatever for free. That's what people think massage is. I've been begging people and massage entrepreneurs for years to please, God, change the public's perception of what we do. And they go, no, I'll wait for somebody else to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think in, in, in a weird way, I think you figure out who you are on the way. Um, like if you look at, and I, I love this about music, by the way, uh, when you look at Outkast from the first album, Stank On You, mm-hmm. it changes. Yeah. Is it any less Outkast? No. But, but I think their conception of who they are and, and the way they interact with the world probably started in Atlanta, in Lakewood. It mm-hmm. started in that area, but then they expanded to like more of a global audience. So mm-hmm. they're still maintaining that core, but it's it expands. And I think that process will happen for you as you see yourself on camera, hear yourself on camera. You'll 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 gain resonance with a certain audience and change who you interact with, how you spend your time. Um, like I spend a lot of time talking about haters, but it's just been such an interesting thing to go, okay, I help people and I help people on an exponential level and then people don't like it. And I kind of go, hey, why don't you like me helping people? And they're like, fuck you. <laughs> and I go, you don't, you know, you don't pay my bills. Right. Monica pays my bills. Like, say whatever you need to say. It don't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, my mommy loves me. <laughs> and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it's just um, like a lot of what you were saying of just getting comfortable on camera, just doing it and not worrying about what people say. And I think in my mind, I'm like, it has to be perfect. It has to be this, but it just don't have to be perfect. perfect. So this, do this, Uh, set your expectations low. Set out and say, I'm going to make bad videos. And then when they turn out better than that, you're like, Ooh, that was good. Here's what I noticed too. Um, when I first started, I was cutting my teeth and I was recording classes. I would kind of take out the camera, take out the equipment, set up the tripod. Everybody. Mm. What you do is you set it up, just press the button and forget it's there. And then everybody relaxes. And it catches all the untoward conversations. It catches all the stuff. What I think is interesting is I had somebody criticize me and they said that, that it was hilarious. They said I recorded my sessions because I was afraid therapists like you would like accuse me of shit, like or of like touching you inappropriately or something. They said this on a, a forum. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, 
No, the reason I record everything I do is because I'm about to eat your industry in ways that you just you fundamentally do not understand. Because when I have more video, I win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got more fans, followers, reach, backlink, I win. And I dare you to try to compete with me. Come on, produce as much video as I do. Because my, my gift is not rap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not Andre. But my skill was in body work. And I went, clothes on, mat base. I'm like, Robert, now. <laughs> like, once, once I hooked into right. that, I was like, oh, wow. Man, I, I looked at it like it was a disadvantage because it's not massage. And I didn't understand that its, it's singular advantage was the fact that people had the clothes on. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like I could, I could change the public's conception. Cause here's the thing. If you do it, Monica, and then a hundred other students do it in our subscribers group, and then all of you make a video a day. Are you ready? Let's yes. do some math work on my phone. My, my handy dandy public calculator here. So 365 days a year times a hundred. Okay. So if, if a hundred, if a hundred therapists who are subscribed working with me make a video a day, in a year, we'll have released 35,600 videos. Now, what does the massage industry look like? Right. And they, they don't see it coming, but I'm like, I've been saying it forever. Before, see, here's what happens. If, if, you're, if you're broke, you're just crazy. But if you're rich, you're eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting how the language shifts once money is involved. And it's then once, it's like, yeah, if, if I saw Andre and Big Boy walking down the street, and there it's like it's like eighty-five degrees outside and sunny, but they're in like fur coats, right? I'd be like, well, that's Andre. Like, <laughs> 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 and I was like, he he can get away with that. He's got the attitude, yeah. the style. That's a little bit of what you're dealing with. I think increasingly, what I want you to do is. Gary B said something that completely changed. If I ever meet Gary, this is the thing I'll talk to him about. Mm -hmm. I'll probably break down and cry like a little fangirl. <laughs> For sure. But the thing is, is Gary said this thing years ago. He said, document, don't create. And I was, I was a philosophy student. I was, he screwed me up for weeks. I was like, document, don't create? I was like, what does that even mean? And then it took me time. I watched several videos. The videos kept flowing through my feed because I was listening to a lot more of his content. And then I realized... I've been making workbooks and DVDs like, let's go into the studio and make this formal thing. Right. Let's make it perfect. And no. I mean, no, no, do this. I mean, make stuff. But like what Gary was saying was, listen, take out your phone and record your life and put it online. Mm. Talk about your trials and talk about your tribulations and talk about how you gain weight. Talk about how you got that weird bowl under your eye. Talk about how you right. got a zit that day. Oh, look at that zit on my nose. So, you know, just document your life. Man, my toilet overflowed. You know, <laughs> like, just the stuff that people <laughs> see to draw into your brand. And here's what happened. When you continue to film yourself and just realize that the camera had an eye, just like anybody else had an eye, you were going to be in good poses, bad poses, not so good poses. Mm -hmm. When you just started documenting all of it, you got more and more comfortable so that it didn't matter that the camera Mm. just document what you're already doing mm -hmm. so for instance um i talked to students about this uh, in the subscribers group there's an av waiver an audio video waiver that waiver just allows you to get a client to sign it so you can film something for social media 
Oh, got it. If you took every client and said, listen, I'll give you, when you get, uh, I'll, I'll give you a 10% discount if you'll allow me to film 10 minutes of our session. You put your phone on a tripod. You froze. Okay. Am I still frozen? <clears throat> no, you're not. Okay. So you put your camera on the tripod. Mm -hmm. And what you do is you go live for 10 minutes and you talk to the audience and say, hey, listen, guys, this is John. He's having problems with his glutes. I'm going to show you clothes on, table or mat. Mm -hmm. And you show them what you do. Mm. Don't, you don't have to set up a new photo shoot. Just right. film what you're already doing. Document, don't create. Document, gotcha. don't create. That completely, I, I cannot explain what a mind fuck that was. It completely changed the nature of my business and the way I looked at what I was doing. Mm. Our subscription service is basically document, don't create. And I went, oh my God. Like I've been capturing glimpses of my class instead of just setting up the tripod and recording the whole class. Mm -hmm. And I go, why well, don't I do that? And here's what the other educators do. They go, oh, you don't give them everything, do you? And I go, yeah, why? And they're like, oh, but they're not going to come take class with you if they learn all the stuff online. I'm exactly. like, oh my God, there's, dude, there's 500 hours in here. They can't even watch it all. And I'm going, well, what happens when we have a thousand? <laughs> <laughs> right. But what right. happens is you have a, a vault of information to pull from. The document don't create thing. It's like, if I was a broke, I tell people this, if I was a broke therapist, and let's say, don't even worry about mat base and you know uh, clothes on, let's talk about chair massage. Mm -hmm. So the, the pandemic ends and I got eight clients now. I'm like, okay, go set up at the local coffee shop. Tell the owner, listen, I'll work on you and the staff absolutely free if you let me do this. But now what I want you to do is I don't want you to just do chair massage and give it away. I want you to get each one to sign an AV waiver. And now you Facebook mm -hmm. live your entire, hey, John, you get in my chair, here's the deal. One, I get to record it. Two, you got to tell me your life story. How did you do during the pandemic? And now you got a show. Got it. It's the Monica huh. show. Who's that? That's Monica Morris. You don't know Monica Morris? <laughs> <laughs> you have a show you're featuring those people in your show you're getting those people to like share their social media on your show to connect with you on your show mm -hmm. to like you know film what you are already doing you are already working on people clothed in a chair trying to get them to be clients and you could look at the camera and be like this is john man i hope john becomes a client because i'm broke <laughs> and then you go right back to working on john and be like john please for this audience at home, you've got to tell them you're coming to see me. <laughs> right, right, right. Like you're, you're playing with the, the audience, right? There's right. so many pieces of it, but I think in the end, the document model works inordinately well for us as an industry because it's very personal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I mean, what is more personal than massage? Doctors, hairdressers, mm -hmm. um, people do waxing services and like that yeah. sort of stuff. But there's not yeah. a lot that's more personal than massage. In some ways, I think the phone in that capacity is actually gives us a leg up. Hmm. Fosters connection. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's so amazing. What, so what do we got? That's more. More. More? Hey, um, hey, Andre, big boy, if you see this, contact me. I'll give you a session for free. Don't worry about it. 
So, uh, I guess my question is too, since now, um, how did you start? Like, what was your story in starting in massage? So I was 22 years old, and I can give you the exact date. On March 29th of 1999, I was in New Orleans uh, seeing the string cheese incident. Uh, mm -hmm. On the way home from the show, we got hit by a drunk driver. Um, I was in the back, closest to where the, the truck hit us, or car, or whatever. Um, yeah. So horrible rear-end collision, and then the car went off the road into some trees. I yeah. had a horrible whiplash. Uh, our medical care being what it was, they took an x-ray and said, you're fine. And six right. months later, I went, I'm not fine. I'm, in fact, about to shoot heroin. It's bad. Mm. It's real bad. And I, I dropped out of school. I was like, listen. The doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. And I said, I need pain medication. They're like, nope, you'll get addicted to it. And I went, okay, uh, I'm gonna be on fucking pain medication either way. Like, I'm gonna have to get heroin if I can't figure this out. It was bad. Right, right. So I had a horrible case of TMJ dysfunction. I had whiplash and all this stuff. Um, a lot of it was just soft tissue. I didn't know that at the time. So uh, a young lady I worked with at a health food store because I was working in like food and stuff at the time. Uh, that's my real background. I probably would have become a chef had I not gone into massage and body. But um, mm. she was in massage school and she was doing like practicals and gave me a session. Right. And for the first time, it was just like a good kind of deep Swedish. Um, my muscles like felt slack. And I was like, wow, I didn't know. Like, man, is massage good for like almost like medical stuff? which kind of opened that door, right? So after that one session, I said, I'll go to massage school. If I can't afford massage, I can trade for it. Mm. And what happened was my own wellness journey, going through school, learning anatomy, physiology, health and hygiene, learning all this stuff, then craniosacral therapy hit, then yoga hit, then right. time massage. And time massage and yoga were the two. I was like, holy moly, good God. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is this? Because this is not what I learned in school. That the dish right. is roto, ruder, fuck you up, like pain reduction. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. And what happened was, as a Westerner, um, it's a little bit like having these conversations about uh, music. Are you a big music fan? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bob Dylan played in the folk scene. And then when Bob Dylan went electric, everybody booed him. Mm. All his fans mm. were like, ooh. You don't yeah, that. they needed it. And then um, blues music, of course, was acoustic initially. And when the technology got good enough, Chicago in particular started electrifying. Right. So there's debates about electric mud, muddy waters. And it's like, oh, that's not a muddy water. You know what? Um, it was a little bit like that transition. What I did was, I'm not from India. And I'm not from Thailand. But when I took these two things and I went, whoa, wait a second, this is, and it's like, what does this become in America? Mm. So uh, blues music, you know, it's like, I have these conversations, grow, having grown up in Louisiana, being dealing with food, for instance, because I would mm -hmm. ask people like, yoga can have a cultural leaning towards India and Thai massage can have a cultural leaning towards Thailand. Mm -hmm. When you talk about blues music, when you talk about right. um, food, let's say in Louisiana, it's gumbo. Right. Now, is it black? Is it European? Is it African? Is it Caribbean? Or is it American? Mm. 
Because Congo Square was the only place in the United States where people all over Africa who were for slaves would come in and play their indigenous rhythms yeah. in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. I'm about to cry here. <laughs> well, I miss it. The thing is, it's like what happened was jazz was born in New Orleans because of that. Because yeah. when you had people from different backgrounds playing different rhythms, you had mm -hmm. this, this new thing that had never existed before because it wasn't European, it wasn't African, it wasn't Caribbean, mm -hmm. it was American. Mm -hmm. Jazz, blues, like all this stuff coming from these other roots things and this new cultural amalgam. That's essentially what I'm creating in bodywork. But I'm a white guy living in Central Texas. And like, as I continue to go, okay, so I don't worry about whether the blues is traditional. I don't worry about whether Jimi Hendrix was, you know, drawing from their sources and expanding on it in psychedelia. Like, just let him do it. Like when I saw hip hop, I didn't worry about where did Andre get his beats from? Who was, right. yeah, it's interesting musicology to, to figure out who's influenced by who. But For the sure. thing is, it's like, Outcast's goal is to be outcast. Right. Not their mentors. My goal right. is That's... not to get Monica to be a mini. -man. My goal is to get Monica to win. And then Monica goes, oh my God, I can network with Robert and 100 other therapists and change an entire industry. That's the goal. Yeah, right, right. So, so like I, when people ask me, like they would ask about target market. Uh, I would ask this in class. And I, and I talked about teaching and I'm like, global. And they're like, who do you want to work with? And I'm like, Jira Ono, Andre Big Boy, Michelle and Barack Obama, Donald Melania Trump, Oprah. Oprah needs a massage. Where you at, Oprah? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, that's my background was like pain. And in the end, people didn't care where it came from. They didn't care about its culture of origin. Like, what do we care, if you're a yoga teacher, what do we care in the United States where the yoga came from? Say it one more time, I'm sorry. Do we, do we care in America where the yoga came from? Um, some of, it depends on your school of thought, but regionally, at the end of the day, no. We get border, we, we border on this, okay, because we can get into conversations, and I'm a, a, unfortunately going to get the front of this. You get into conversations about cultural appropriation. Mm -hmm. And in the end, I went, okay, what is the shortest path for me helping the largest number of people? I'm like, do this, do what you're learning, because what I did is I reverse engineered. Once it worked on me, I said, how do I teach it to clients? How do I teach it to students? Mm -hmm. So I worked on myself, yoga, time massage, one's active, one's passive, one's active, one's passive, one's active, one's passive. I combined them and said, go fucking sell this worldwide now. They don't even understand what's going on. This is physiology. This is the nervous system. Go now. Better techniques, more advanced, yoga, props, breathing, you know, hack your own body. When I work with people who are chronic pain, they're always like, dude, how do you know that? And I'm like, dude, I kept myself off the needle, bro. Like, that's how. I know this shit. Like, I know what it's like when your joints ache and you can't do anything about it. Mm -hmm. That thing is the same thing that I think Louis Armstrong did. Louis Armstrong, you know, the father of jazz, took what he had and just blended it. Mm -hmm. Improvised, played the trumpet, you know, became a founding father within that. Right. I don't think he spent a huge amount of time wondering where it came from. It was like, well, how do I do it? Like Andre and Big Boy, when they started Outcast, they didn't know how to 
you know, build. I mean, they had an idea, like make let's make good songs and put it out. But like they understand it on a deeper level now. I think the whole thing is, is I went through that pain. I wanted to help people in pain and having conversations about the tradition, about the lineage kind of started to get in the way. Um, I would look at it with food as like Iron Chef. Here is Isakai. He is my favorite Iron Chef. Mm. He's from Japan. He's Japanese. Yeah. He goes to France and studies French techniques, takes French techniques and applies the Japanese ingredients and creates a fusion cuisine that's never existed. Mm. Art. And on in body work, here's the thing. What is that? In body work, with what you and I do, what is that? What is the body work of the future? What is the yoga class of the future? What is the manual therapy of the future? Like I give, I mean, and granted, I like to understand where stuff comes from. I like right. to understand its roots. When I talk about, you know, blues music, like I sit down and watch these documentaries and it's like, oh man, Blind Lemon Jefferson. Oh my God, these people are like pulling rhythms out of Africa and then they're cloistered in the United States, blending it with like European ingredients. Like what is this? Uh, the banjo. The banjo is an, a uniquely American form of music and bluegrass, right? Right. The banjo yeah. comes from an African instrument. Right. Yeah. That's America. That is unprecedented. Like it's just in human history. What I keep looking at is I don't like other people's. I'll deal with my limitations because those are mine. But I don't like other people's limitations on me. Mm, mm-hmm. And what I kept doing was. I got sick at 22 and I said, Robert, you are 22 years old. If you do not figure it out, you're going to be in pain for 80 years. And I figured it out and then started teaching it. And ever since then, it's been a clusterfuck because everybody's like, well, this isn't, it's not what you're used to because you haven't seen fucking gangsters in your industry. That's why. Because you haven't seen somebody do something so flamboyant, so well. All mm-hmm. and help so many people that it chaps your ass that somebody will even dare do it. And it's mm-hmm. like, I don't have time. It's like, if Martin Luther King Jr. and Malcolm X had waited until the appropriate time, where would the Black right. people of America be right now? Right, exactly. Now, they took the goddamn brunt of it because they were both killed. Mm-hmm. But I'm very thankful that somebody stood up and said something. Right. Yeah. Right. So in the end... It works, but it's not what people are being taught in school. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a little different. It, it throws a monkey wrench when they're like, it's clothes on that base. This is what, what do you mean you use your feet? This is crazy. <laughs> right. So that's how I came into it. And in the end, what happened was, did I have enough clients? Yes. Did I have enough students? Yes. Could I continue building? Yes. And I continue to put out the message and draw the students who are interested in it. And once I got to this, once I really understood, ooh, something else happened. I'm like, I'm not tied to geography anymore. Like, I can teach a global audience. Mm-hmm. If, if people wrote me tomorrow and said, listen, we know there's a pandemic right now, but we're in Tokyo. There's a hundred of us. We want you to come. I'm like, when? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's, that's the whole thing. We have that sort of outreach. You know, I, I right. kept dreaming of something bigger. The, you know, the food marketplace has developed. We have celebrity chefs. The music marketplace is like we have celebrity musicians like Outkast. Mm-hmm. Who's the celebrity massage therapist? Mm. Her, name is, her name is Monica Morris. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because it's not because it's not just my story. It's the collaboration. Like some people are weird. It's kind of like they were like Robert. But if you but if you promote your students, they're going to take your clients. I've heard this before. People are afraid of me teaching you because they think you're going to take my clients in Atlanta. Monica, I will never, ever be able to work on enough of the human population to spread my work around. Mm -hmm. You have that. Uh -huh. yeah. mm -hmm. And that's what the difference is. Uh, in LA Originals cartoon, cartoon was the guy who did the graffiti and the tattoos. Like mm -hmm. they made something. I don't know what he normally charges. I don't know how he charges this, but like he's tattooed oh, Dre, Snoop, Eminem, like all the greats, right? Yeah. I, he might he might charge fifty thousand dollars for a tattoo and gets it. No, but why can I'm, he? I'm it? like silent right now with like the magnitude of that. But why? Not only the money amount, but then like who he can draw into his work. Mm -hmm. And, and that's the that's the thing. It's like, it's not that I necessarily want to work on celebrities. So like the time to size jam. Do you know much about it? Well, a little bit. I was watching some of it on your page. Yeah, because like people, I don't think they fully understand. It's like, um, you know, like he charges so much for a session. Like, why is he giving it away? And I'm like, because some people can't afford it. Right. Like it's much easier for me to just teach it to people and have them work on each other. Like I'll supplement as I can, but I have, mm -hmm. it's this weird thing where, uh, like Willie Nelson, Willie Nelson is a fan favorite here in Austin. Uh, mm -hmm. Willie Nelson still does like free concert every so often. He doesn't need the money. He's fine. Right. His tax right. stuff is long since dealt with. He does it because he cares and because mm -hmm. he can. Mm -hmm. You know, like I follow Snoop Dogg on a Snapchat. His Snapchat is always real interesting because he's never selling me anything. Half the time, it is Snoop. I, I assume he is stoned. Uh, he is. His car <laughs> I mean, that's a just, fair assumption, right? Jesus, what am I doing? I'm being Snoop. I'm groovy, baby. Right. And why do I feel so drawn to him just because of that? Because there's a connection there. I never in a million years thought I could just hang out with Snoop in his car. <laughs> and it's like right. somebody's driving him around. Yeah. It, it's that sort of, you know, connection. In the end, all I ever really wanted to do, and I didn't want to step on people's toes in regards to cultural appropriation or mm -hmm. yoga, time massage, any of that stuff. I was like, how do I help people? How do, how do I help them avoid surgeries, avoid medications, and reduce pain and have a better life? Mm. And here's what happened. When I figured out you could do that by touching people, by really deeply connecting with Monica and putting hands on you, that transformed everything. Because mm -hmm. I was like, Jesus. Right, exactly. Like, I'll go deliver the sermon on a mount. And then I'll lay hands on both. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what it is. Right. So, much, so much of it, like they think it's magic. And it's like, no, it's just connecting with people. Massage mm -hmm. gave me this gave me this tool right mm -hmm. it was like a bob dylan could write lyrics and he could play a guitar exactly three chords exactly. but when you gave him those tools look what he did with it for right. me right. It, was, it was touch like i was very deeply um taken with the fact that you could help people just by interacting with them yeah 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 i feel the same way too of like whenever i work on someone it's just 
creating that art really of expression of how I want to help someone, especially when they're dealing with pain. Yep. When we talk about uh, visual artists, do you have any favorite visual artists, like painters, drawings? Um, I would say Georgia O'Keeffe comes to mind. O'Keeffe, cool, yeah. 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 So like Georgia O'Keeffe, and I have a, a mind in my, immediately is like flowers. Yeah. Georgia O'Keeffe, famous for that. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. Salvador Dali. Yeah. Pablo Picasso. Mm -hmm. Henri Matisse. Right? Jackson Pollock. Mm -hmm. But within massage, we don't have this. The public, the public has one box, massage. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What we have to do is create these. I have to get artists to create and craft new services to make it stand out. And we get a chance to photo and video document that process. Mm. Yeah, I see what you mean, yeah. Modalities to me are a failed brand. Picasso is a brand. Dolly is a brand. Does it make mm -hmm. sense? It's a mm -hmm. personal brand. Dolly with a little pointy mustache, etc. Mm -hmm. right? There's not as much of that in the massage industry and that's what needs to happen. That individuation of Andre 3000 becoming Andre 3000, that individuation of him being an individual, right. standing out on his own, right. doing things differently, his timing, his cadence, his rhythm, his flow, his wordplay, being mm -hmm. unique to him. Does that make sense? Right. But that yeah. artist inspires all the artists who come in after him. Right. And that's right. what the goal is as an educator. Like, I got better, but it was like, no, no, no. Like, let's be exponentially better. Because I, I knew I could have a practice and I'd be busy, but I was like, no, 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 I got to teach. I wasn't even really done just building my practice before I started teaching because I was like, this shit is too good. You can't keep this a secret. Like, more people need this. I had therapists whose hands hurt who weren't making enough money, and I went, uh, I got something for you. Mm. And this shit is going to rock the entire marketplace. The difference is Andre and Big Boy could make an album track, and that track was on an MP3, and it could be distributed globally. Mm -hmm. Can I distribute mm -hmm. your massage, Monica? Can you distribute your massage globally? Mm. Yeah, I want to. Yeah, through the phone. You, yeah, you couldn't before. But here's the thing: this is where it breaks down. It's like, yeah, you can only work on people in your physical presence, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had if I had a chance because uh, I like music, but I don't put music in my videos because YouTube would flag them. Yeah. Imagine being able to take uh, some of the most fun, wild, Missy Elliott comes to mind because she's very graphic and visual. Right. Like, imagine taking, okay, so imagine building big enough where Missy Elliott would make a track for your video and you're working on somebody. But oh, all that would be an honor. And all the visuals were like hip-hop. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That doesn't exist, but you can create it, and that's that's what I'm saying. Mm, like okay. That sort of artistry is what I want to see in the massage industry. It's not just what I do. I want to see Watsu. I want to see crazy aquatic therapies, therapeutic right. 
people hanging upside down, how were people helping people, doing essentially what I think falls within the scope and practice of massage, but right. differentiation in the marketplace. Right now, we've got massage in. Mm -hmm. Massage, that's it. Very, very, that's it. Man, there's just so many possibilities. I'm just, it's just really great talking to you because I really enjoy music and hip hop especially and then like all sorts of music, but how that deeply influenced me as a massage therapist. What is, no, this is so this thing, we got to get little John on the show. Uh, how do I, how do I pull crunk music into my... <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I draw from other industries because we just don't have it in ours. Right. Like, I'm so taken with people's stories. Me too. Me too. Do you watch Company Man on YouTube? No, what's that? Um, he, I think, is a YouTuber out of Canada. I'm fairly sure that he's in Canada, but he talks about different big businesses and why they're popular, why they're either they fail sometimes, or like for instance with, he did a series, like a video essay on Popeyes, of like the owner in the background, why they failed, and then how they rose again. So it was just really cool to, for me at least, educate myself of different industries, because we don't have that, like you were saying, in our industry of massage. Yeah. There's not a lot of differentiation yet. I talk about this a lot where there's McDonald's, but we haven't evolved as an industry yet where there's Burger King, Whataburger, In-N-Out, right. Fred, Freddy's Frozen Custard, Five Guys Burgers and Fries, right. you know, like other ones. We're, we're right. still waiting to develop this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, lots of business stuff. I wind up looking um, outside of the massage industry at other businesses to figure out how they do things. And that was how I kind of, in a way, drew into hip hop more in a surprising way was because you realize, oh my God, Post Malone just made the album in his room. He could see the album in his room? I didn't realize that. Yeah, like his first album, I think he made that yeah. in his bedroom. And basically, but he could stream to a global audience on Spotify. Right. Oh my God, it's not a recording company anymore. Drake just goes straight to his fans. Mm -hmm. You could do that. But the thing is, is like, I was like, ah, direct, direct to consumer. The subscription service, you are my boss. <laughs> you can say, Robert is fired. I unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. But you don't because I keep feeding you enough value out of that seven bucks a month that vastly, the, the game is for me, it's like, can I take a therapist who lives in Decatur, like name Monica? Mm -hmm. Can I build you to the point where you make over $100,000 a year just teaching you online? Because mm. if I can do it once, I can do it exponentially globally. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. For seven bucks a month. That's the game for me. So what else you got? What do you hope, aspire, dream to? Uh, I really want to, I mean, along with everything else of like starting my business and growing it here in Georgia, but I would like to teach more, yeah. teach yoga and teach massage. Mm -hmm. Um, 
learn more about Thai yoga too. And just having your subscription has really helped a lot to see like, oh, there is a possibility, a way for me to do it. Yeah. There's tons of um, avenues. You have a more similar background to me because of the yoga background in addition. So your mental constructs can be a little bit different. Um, being able to draw from multiple marketplaces at the same time is really good. Mm-hmm. You have a way to differentiate what you're offering. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's, it's like, in your case, it sounds like it's just as much yoga as it is massage. Yeah. I'm realizing I'm starting to blend the two together. Um, I had a session, of rec- like a video session with someone a couple of days ago. And they're like, I don't know if it's massage or whatever, but you're very, there's not like a separation, like this is just yoga and this is massage because it was very anatomy based, yeah. very um, specific about the muscles to use. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, um, like where you are right now, the way that you're blending yoga and massage together, like what does that look like for you and where do you want that to go? Mm. Um, it looks for me, it's just, is very seamless and I want to blend those bridges more or just blend those for me, those interests more. Cause I now, before everything happened was I started out with breath work with clients. Then we moved into how can we stretch this muscle, elongate the muscle. So I was starting to do that anyway, but now it's, I realized like that's why I want to do more is step into more. Yeah. And um, I want to do that more so online and really expand out there and see where that takes me. I don't know where it's going to take me. Oh, I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you figure it out as you go. Like it really is just, you're playing with some very potent tools and just, just don't be afraid to be you and just go make money. Go help people. If you can help people consistently, people will pay you for it. You'll figure out a way to monetize it along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as far as like target market, the people that you really want to work on, what do those people look like? Uh, let's see. They look like, to be honest, they look like me and how I move about the world. They're um, people of color, fat people, and I also identify as gay, so they're gay as well. Yeah. And um, and they're fun. They're interesting fun. clients. I think yeah. that's the number one. <laughs> they're fun yeah. yeah, they're fun. Um, and they understand the value of how this thing of massage and yoga can intervene on a lot of levels so that way they don't have to go to prescription medicine or they don't have to have surgery or they can prolong it as much as they can document working on your ideal clients. Put that video out and get more people like your ideal clients. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you knew for a fact that, um, like are yoga teachers going to be clients for them? Mm-hmm. Is that a possibility? Um, it seems like the people who responded to the one-on-one session seemed like to be yoga clients so yeah yoga teachers so yoga teachers other yoga students go into the yoga community tell them you want to make some video give away so to speak little mini sessions maybe they're just 30 minutes gives Mm -hmm. a chance to practice uh do you like working on a mat or you prefer table 
Um, I haven't worked on a mat yet. Um, I've received work on a mat and I really enjoy it, but I've never done it on the mat yet. Okay. So uh, build to the point where you're dealing with the mat. I think the yoga community responds really, really well to the mat for a variety of reasons. But build up to that, give away little 30-minute sessions, work with your local yoga teachers, film those sessions, network with them, uh, interview them, tag them on Instagram, however you do it, and film it, record it. Uh, keep doing that and just build like a presence in the community. The business will come. Atlanta and Decatur area, like there's money. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, post-pandemic at least. Yeah. Right. But you, uh, the world is your oyster, 35? Mm-hmm. You only have like another 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing to like, remind myself about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because I want to be like, ideally, I want to continue to teach and work on people like into my six, like 70s and 80s. Yeah. And still, I mean. For I'm body gonna... work, the yoga you can teach till you're dead. Um, yeah. For body work, what I teach in my opinion, is some of the most, like, you'll be able to keep doing this until you don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, there's no, right now, like, I think the average service works like five years. I've been working like 18 yeah. years now, and I'm only 42. Wow. Imagine being a therapist for like 50 years. And the other thing is your pattern recognition. What's your pattern recognition like as a yoga teacher as you continue over the years? It gotten better? Um, somewhat. Yeah, I took a break from because I graduated yoga teacher training a year or two ago, so I'm still a baby in teaching yeah. yoga. But yeah. yeah, it's starting to go a little better. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. The more it takes on nuance. It's like mm-hmm. me going in and talking to Andre and be like, Andre, how do you like how do I build a rhyme? Oh my God. <laughs> like, right. like, you know, but it's like, but he's done it so many times. He's used to it. He's mm-hmm. used to wordplay and flow. He's a master at that. So it's that same thing. When you do it for five years, you have some background, but when you do it for 20, now you're building real pattern recognition that like builds, right. builds, bring, brings more nuance long-term. Did you have mm-hmm. other like specific questions, stuff you challenge with or? Um, I think everything of what I was having challenges with, we discussed already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does most of your income come from working on clients currently? Uh, yeah, most of my income came from working with yeah. one. Are you working, are you working somewhere or working for yourself? Um, I was working for someone else at two places, but now since everything I have it, I yeah. want to work for myself now because I yeah. enjoy it. If you, if you have to, you know, get a job somewhere else doing whatever or doing massage for somebody else, but like build your stuff on the side. Everything that I heard from you screams entrepreneur. Screams, I want to do it my way, my style, my flair, the way I like it. And entrepreneurship, it's not just the money is better, but I think also the freedom. Mm -hmm. I don't, I hate, I was not a good employee. (laughs) Really? I can never tell. I get fired fired from a lot of jobs. (laughs) (laughs) so yeah just uh keep building you know just dream come up with new stuff if you ever have any questions in the future and need to reach out to me you know feel free to do so either privately or in the subscribers uh group the private facebook group happen to chat with students um it helps me get a sense of like who's studying with me 
and how I can provide more value to them to be able to continue fostering uh, relationships in the community. Um, For sure. Is there anything else at the moment I can help you with? Um, or stuff you're just dying to know? No, I thought, I mean, I'm in your group, so it really helps out when I do have questions or I do want to know what you're doing. Yeah. I just can look in the group and see. Well, how about this? This, this, yes. this is something for me. I do this occasionally. When I interview somebody who's subscribed, can you explain to people like what the subscription service is like, like including the Facebook group and whatever, like what is it? Because I try right. to tell people when I'm like, it's a subscription service and they go, huh? Well, what do you mean? It's a, I'm like, we're the Netflix of massage education. And they're like, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my uh, description of it as well. So yeah. it's a fairly, fairly easy concept. Um, there are a plethora of classes and suggestions of what to do, how to build your practice. If you need help with learning to help a client deal with pain in their back, there's classes about on that. And it's a monthly subscription, $7. You check in, check out how many videos you want. There's no limitations on it. Um, and you have personal access to not only the classes online, which are very succinct, very organized, which I like and love, and broke down by subject matter as well. But there's also the connection of being with other massage therapists who have the subscription to talk about what you learn or what you need um, further questions on about business, about how to set up. And also we have, I know, um, a connection to you, a very direct way and a very easy way too. And you make it very easy for uh, those uh, people do have questions to bring up, we can come to you. And so it's not like this distance weird teacher thing. I've, I've called, I've told people before, it's like, it's an online apprenticeship. Yeah. And they go, what? And I go, you'll figure it out. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So listen, uh, thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. I had a great time connecting with you. We have like a lot of, a lot of commonalities. Um, yeah, can you likewise. give people either your website, your social media shares, wherever they can find and follow you? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on um, Instagram at ML Morris Wellness and on Facebook at ML Morris Massage, and my website is mlmorrismassage.com. Great. So listen, Monica, thank you so much for coming on the program. I really appreciate it. If you ever decide that you want to come on again and discuss like specific topics, just let me know. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would love to. Thank you for having me. It oh, was a you're, pleasure. You're very welcome. And again, just like we mentioned before, if you guys want to pick up workbooks, DVDs, the subscription service is completely free. If you go to robertgardnerwellness.com, uh, in the store, you'll find the link there to purchase any of those materials. And again, if you have any questions for me, feel free to find me wherever you are on social media. You guys have a great day and I'll talk to you soon.